The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. You're not going to do more budget, are you, Colin? I'm budgeted out. No, Bruce, I'm not. I, I figured oh, I will defer to the, to the experts on that. And I was actually thinking perhaps the budget wasn't going to be quite as rosy as it looks to have been. Uh, and with the gloomy uh, prospects that Russia is looking more likely to invade now than less, despite us having hoped just a few weeks ago that cool heads will prevail, I try to find something that doesn't speak of a business on the increase or a business that's in decline, but a business that had a stumble and is now primed to either get up and walk and run again or to be a cautionary tale for what happens when you grow too big or lose focus uh, uh, in that respect. And again, for, from the budget today, uh, despite having uh, a little more cash not taken away from us, I, I don't quite agree that it says we put money back in South Africa's pockets. You just decided not to take them, is the truth. There's a little give. There's an inflation-related give. So tax brackets move by inflation. So in real terms, you don't have any extra cash, but at least you don't lose. Yeah, yes, you've got a point because we don't lose to inflation. So we, we kind of stay, we're treading water, if you like. Um, but hey, it's better than taking more out. It is. And I do love that term that somebody coined some years ago called intoxication, which is the feeling you get when you get a tax return before realizing it was your money in the first place. That sort of brief period meeting. Yay. And then, oh, no, I'm just getting my money back. But anyway, back to this guy, 41 years old, called uh, Tobias Lutka, a man who did something for love, who is, you know, ruthlessly wanting to make things more efficient and effective and found the perfect opportunity uh, as a German citizen who moved to Canada, again, for love, to create something that I'm sure many people listening have heard of before called Shopify. And, and the first and only time I've really made reference to him uh, was some uh, years ago, maybe, when this Team Trees was things was happening and these YouTubers had got together to raise a lot of money to try and plant a million trees. He offered $1 million and $1 towards that thing, and he subsequently donated another million dollars uh, for the one to pull the plastic out of the ocean. So he seems to be a, a kind of one of the good guys, as it were. But, you know, early days, uh, given how this started. So a quick little uh, background for, for how he came about. Uh, he's born in, in 1980. He's 41 years old now. Uh, as I say, he was born in Germany. At the age of six, his uh, parents gave him a computer to play with. They were sort of becoming, you know, not that difficult for, they weren't too expensive uh, and a lot of people were getting them. Uh, but the key thing here he was just six years old. And so for any parents with children that young, please do expose them to as many things that could potentially unearth a passion or a skill they have. If they don't have it, you simply move on. Strictly speaking, some of these things aren't that, you know, crazy expensive. But if you miss out on the opportunity, the what if moment to find somebody who had that skill and it wasn't on earth, uh, could potentially, uh, you know, lose out on somebody that could have a, a world changing sort of attitude. But here's how he was kind of different. He was not just a regular kid who liked computers. He wouldn't just play the games. He would rewrite the games and build new ones of his own. And his, his need for efficiency would see him walk to school as a primary school child and then measure the number of steps it would take taking various routes and then only using the route that was the shortest route. The sort of notion that I do things over and I do it just because, you know, I have to was something he didn't like. As a consequence, he wasn't uh, the best student, uh, to, uh, according to his teachers. He wasn't uh, wild about the authority. He loved to ask why all the time. And so when it came to finishing up school, he, he didn't go and study further. He went and took an apprenticeship with uh, Siemens, uh, sort of a, a computer company at the time, learning to see what they were doing. Again, not surprisingly, he didn't find it all that stimulating. He was asked to do sort of accounting software and things. And so being a fan of skiing, he was on a ski holiday in the U.S. He met this Canadian woman who has now become his wife and followed her back to Ottawa in Canada. 
And this is where the story really does get flipped on its head because he figured, okay, well, I've moved here for love. I've got a new country. I've got skills. Let me go and get myself a job. And the Canadian governor said, no, you won't. You are not allowed to work here. Uh, a, a situation I'm sure many people who find themselves in South Africa looking to, uh, to contribute exactly. to the economy, etc., find they're also limited for yep. having skills but can't apply them. He opted to, uh, to start a business. Uh, he, as I say, he enjoyed skiing, so he thought, I'm going to build a ski shop. And with a <laughs> couple of uh, partners, they founded what they called Ski Devil and um, found their second most important thing. This is now 2004. Uh, Facebook is still just something sitting in uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's dorm room. It has begun. Uh, Steve Jobs has still got the plan for the for the mobile phone sitting on his product board. It's nowhere near uh, launch. That will only come in 2007. The web itself, the internet, is uh, almost uh, it's, uh, coming up for over a decade old already. So some of the big building blocks are in place. The Googles were there, websites, blogs, and online retail was a thing. But you had to be a really large retailer. You had to have large development departments and lots of connections with very august institutions like banks, et cetera, to make it happen. So in trying to build what he thought would be a simple website that he could sell the ski equipment turned to be um, a very painful process. Uh, and it didn't take too long before the three partners said, you know what, in building this business, the building of the business is far more valuable as a product than any of the ski equipment. Why don't we create a business to make it easier for small businesses to do what we just tried to do? And that's how they launched uh, Shopify, the notion of simplifying shopping and, and, and creating what we now know and take for granted as these SaaS companies, uh, um, software as a service. They didn't want to be a product that you bought. They wanted to be a platform upon which other people could do things. Their first customers, as it were, were the merchants themselves, the small businesses. And we looked to sort of sign them up to basically replicate what they did, but far more simply. And then came the first of what I suppose you could call the busts that allowed them to boom. Because in 2008, with the Great Recession, many people in regular work, regular retail, lost their jobs. They still had products that they wanted to sell. They now had this new uh, potential way of selling it. And so they took to the platform to try and you know, start their shops and, and incorporate everything. And they saw lots of people uh, sign up and, and start using the platform. The other thing that was very clever with what they did um, is that they said rather than they are going to build all of the functionality to allow a website to work and the sales things to work and the logistics to work and the uh, storage and, and shipping to work, they, they found partners to do those things, so banks and logistics companies, etc. But they also added effectively an app store. They said other developers who perhaps want to develop very specific uh, features for, uh, for retail could build the app. And then merchants would not have to, merchants without having to spend a lot of money themselves could simply get the app. So let's say typically uh, I was selling my ski equipment, but I didn't want to uh, sell you the ski equipment. I would loan it to you during the ski season for a subscription. Shopify might say, sorry, we don't have that functionality, but go and have a look in the app store. And some developer said, I'm going to create a, a, a plugin effectively to do just that. And so anybody that wants to do subscription services would now contract with that person via Shopify, plug it into their platform, and they've got the functionality. And then that app developer would make money out of a once-off cost or a, a subscription cost or a cost per how much it was used, etc. So the small platform became very powerful. A small retailer could become you know, as, as professional, as uh, impressive as a very large retailer. And, and the one side was this functionality from the from the uh, the app store. And the other side was the professionality that came from the theme store. So designers would go and say, I'm going to give you a most magnificent looking layout, very slick, excellent ways of showcasing your product or making sure that when you have your products, they're not horrible pictures you took on your dining room table. We're going to get them shot beautifully and we give you the functionality to be able to do that. 
which was another big plus to make a small retailer look like a large one. Uh, and then they started connecting more things. So uh, at the moment with Shopify, you can get a plugin for Facebook. And it means here's your product listing on your website. You go to Facebook and you say, click a button. And all of a sudden, all your products are available to be viewed on Facebook. Okay. And even better, they're available to be advertised on Facebook. And these days, Instagram certainly is a massive platform for those sorts of things. One button click after you've seen an image on Instagram and you can have uh, yourself saying, here's my address, take my money, send that thing to me right now. So all in all, things are looking uh, very rosy for them uh, and they're growing very well. But what what uh, Lutka kind of noted was that all of this was enabled because the modern economy is being powered by people who have the ability to code. And what he was not happy with is that if you didn't have the ability to code, then effectively you could have the greatest product and the most, you know, admiring market, but you simply couldn't reach them. So here was a, an interview he did with Recode from 2018 as he describes what he would like to see happen and kind of is the philosophy for how Shopify currently operates. Do what Shopify does is we have successfully, I think, built a business model um, uh, around helping people get a part of that slice. Like, preserving the ability for people to actually start online business, which I think is super important. Like I was one, like I, I, I grew up not really fitting in. I don't think I could have ever worked for anyone. Um, and so my only option at some point was this like reach for independence, which I keep talking about. And as because I was, I'm a computer programmer, I actually succeeded in this. But looking back, I was saying I only succeeded in this because I was a computer programmer. And how sad would it be that um, if the only people who can um, partake in this massive economic wealth creation are going to be the people who hit, hit the middle of a Venn diagram between having a product, finding a market, and being able to program computers, or at least set up computers and maintain them to stay up. That seemed diminishing. And so um, Shopify is, again, this exercise of um, take the crazy learning curve that's involved in starting businesses um, and try to push it down as far as possible. What a wonderful... That's his sort I mean, of take on the it's, it's just wonderful how he thinks about it. I was chatting to the Clickertel CEO last night and saying, so how is your, your coding business in Cape Town going? And he's going, well, there's not enough skills in South Africa, so we're building you know, coding capabilities in Canada. And he's like, oh, so disappointing because we just don't have enough people with enough skills to do those sorts of jobs and we should it should be it should be a priority it absolutely should and hopefully you know this inspires some people to think well if i had if i had a sort of a, a passing interest in it or i've got a you know a young children that might be interested in this please do encourage people to do it because not just because there is a, a short-term need for this there is a long-term need for this for people to address these sorts of problems and it's not to say they aren't without their own challenges as i said this is not a company uh you know on a, on a rapid growth or a company in massive decline this is a company that just had a, a stumble like most of the things on the on the stock exchange recently with fears of inflation and all sorts of other things um this company, uh, it was listed in 2015. Uh, he owned 7% of it. And at one point, it grew to be the largest company in Canada. This was sort of 2019. And uh, after the pandemic, it just continued to grow. But but in November, almost half the value of, of the company uh, was sort of wiped out. One, because it was a big expectation. It's a growth business. This is going to be more and more growth, which, of course, is hard to sustain. Uh, they, they, they acquired an additional uh, platform partner that would help them take national businesses and make them international businesses, which makes sense. Um, but they also had uh, some difficulty, particularly with Apple and Facebook, where there was a lot of data sharing happening and a lot of these large 
large platforms rely on understanding who might want to buy something, what they have bought, and then connecting people who have those products with those people to make sure that you you spend the least amount of money on your advertising uh, to sort of get those sales. And so a couple of those things sort of came together to to cause the stumble. I think a lot of people who who follow these sorts of companies, while it is it's it's not a cheap stock. It's still six hundred dollars. Uh, you know, it's it's half the what it was. Uh, the expectation is that in time this will grow right back there again. So for those who who like the uh, the phrase buying the dip, this may be one of those companies who's going to come back even stronger. And one potential reason for that is that they've recently, well, not that recently, they've been working on it for the past year now. It is a partnership with the JD.com in China. Now, if you imagine how large the Chinese market is and how big e-commerce is there, and there are only these these sort of two big Alibabas and uh, um, JD.com that are sort of uh, thrashing out to see where they'll go. And back in the US, you know, you've got the mighty Amazons. They sort of uh, weave themselves in between it, being something that works not quite like those big giants where they control everything, but not being sort of uh, beholden to any one thing to still allow the small guy to get access and allow the big guys to actually to make use of it as well. And some of their sort of runaway successes have been the likes of a Kylie Jenner. So we we profiled her some years ago with her lipstick business. And effectively, she had all the people following on Instagram, loving the look she had. She then started uh, finding a, a company that would make it for her. And her big thing was, well, how do I get it to somebody to be able to buy it? She didn't have the sort of infrastructure for that. She simply connected with Shopify and is making you know a really big amount of money uh, as a consequence. I'll leave some more details online uh, about where they're going and, and backgrounds. But I will finish with this which is a poll just ahead of it uh, to ask what people, listeners to the station, have got plans for 2022. 54% said they simply want to find a job. 21% said they plan to start the business. And 43% said simply stay working hard where they are. Uh, invariably for South Africa and our economy, we need that balance between the entrepreneurs. We're going to be able to use platforms like this to find new markets and help grow the economy because Tobias Litka, in what he's done, has managed to take a small idea and employ thousands of people to become a global business. Fabulous. Thank you. Colin Cullis with Business Unusual this evening on The Money Show.